Welcome to What the Fantasy, and I am Brandon Hay at HayB3. And I am Zada Kantabedian at ZKantsFF. And welcome to our second episode, and we decided to just get into it and uh, start uh, streaming right away. So um, just from our last episode, I did look up the fear of birds, and it is ornithophobia. That We're going to start doing, our buddy Kenneth Gainwell kind of takes notice of us, is we're going to have a Kenneth Gainwell segment. Um, each time, and uh, see, we love Kenny Gainwell. So um, we'll both just say a couple things. So I'll start off with, um, you know, he's from Pittsburgh, Mississippi. Uh, I did not realize this. He is the cousin of Fletcher Cox. And in 2019, he was the only running back with over an 85 uh, grade on PFF in rushing and receiving. So that's um, some things for uh, Kenny Gainwell, what uh, what factoids do you have? Um, I found out that he was a quarterback uh, in high school, and he threw for God. I forgot. I thought. See, I thought you were just putting up facts today for Kenny Gainwell, so I didn't bring. <laughs> but I know I'll bring it next <laughs> oh, time. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> but no, no. But it was like it, they were very super impressive facts. He was a quarterback in high school, and he like had a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. I remember that like one year. And then, like he had back-to-back years with, I don't know. He he just he went off as a quarterback. Remember that? So he's got. We know that he has quarterback skills. So maybe they could put him back there in some weird wildcat packages. Just get weird with Jalen Hurts for some reason. We know he has that skill set now. So that's another thing to consider. But Kenny Gainwell, um, you know, I believe if we build it, they will come. Feel the dreams. So we're just gonna keep putting that energy out there for you, and hopefully, you'll come on. Um, I DM'd you. I didn't get a response yet. No love, no love lost. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I should have been a little more, uh, uh, you know, straightforward and say that we're both going to talk about um, uh, Kenny Gainwell, but that's fine. So, another thing uh, that we're normally going to talk about uh, is just bring up any news. And it was a slow news week. So, uh, I did bring up because, well, before, before the Cam Akers news. So, um, it, I, we were going to talk about uh, Ted Ginn retiring, but obviously bigger news came. Uh, Cam Akers tore his Achilles yesterday, so I figured we, and you know, I know a lot of people are talking about it, but I figured we would get, I would give our spin on it. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send it over to you first. What do you think about the situation now that Cam Akers is out? Is it going to be Daryl Henderson? Are they going to bring someone in? And you know, what's going to be the effect on the offense? Honestly, I think it should be Daryl Henderson. I think if they bring in any of these other veteran running backs, I think it might actually hinder the offense as far as like efficiency per play. You're gonna bring you're gonna bring in these guys who are veterans, experienced running backs. Yes, will they be getting as much as you want out of the play? Henderson is young; he has explosion. I like what I've seen from Henderson. I think he's a capable starter. I don't think he'll be getting. You know, if we're lucky, hopefully he's getting 60% of the snaps as a running back. That would be amazing. That would kind of be like low-end RB1 range. Um, But I don't think he'll be getting that much. But I think Henderson should remain the starter. Um, I think that what will happen is that Sean McVay will start to manufacture touches. I know he likes to do jet sweeps out of the backfield with his his, uh, wide receivers. Um, Robert Woods, I think, averages about like 14 touches out of the backfield. That might go up. You might see some more stuff with Tutu Atwell manufactured touches with his dangerous speed. I think you can manufacture a lot of touches for him. You know, some like Tyreek Hill, you see Tyreek Hill 
getting breaking these runs all the time out of the backfield. I think we can do something. I think the Rams can do something like that with Tutu Atwell. Uh, but yeah, as far as bringing a veteran in, I'm not a big fan of that. It's not. It's not what the Rams are about this year. The Rams this year are about explosiveness, and I think Sean McVay through the draft made it a point by drafting Jacob Harris, Tutu Atwell, signing Deshaun Jackson in free agency. They were, I believe, they were 22nd in points scored last year in the league and 25th in deep pass attempts. That is an all-time low or deep targets. That is an all-time low in Sean McVay's tenure with the Rams. So he's a, he, they're out for blood this year. I don't think they want to do this slow, grindy game with the veterans. Okay, I agree. Uh, when it first happened, people were talking about, you know, they them bringing in Todd Gurley, which I think would be a mistake. Um, also, I kind of thought they might kick the tires on AP, you know, to bring in another, another veteran. But I agree that I think they should stick with uh, Daryl Henderson. I think they might throw the ball a little more now. Um, obviously, it's a big hit with Cam Akers. I was very high on Cam Akers. So now we're going to talk uh, because I talked with you about some of these trades I, I got offered for Cam Akers, and most of them are horrible. And you said you didn't really have any Cam Akers. So I'll go through some of these trades, and we'll just uh, briefly kind of talk about them. So there was only one I even thought about. The ones that I did not think about was Cam Akers straight up for a 2022 second, which that was a quick no for me. I would rather just just wait to see what happens because a second I would be losing such, such value for him. I agree. Yeah, that's that's a hard no. That's a hard pass. Then another one I got was Noah Gray in a 2022 second. Even though I like his potential, that's not much added to a 2022 second. I also got a 2022 second in Amari Rogers. While I do like Amari Rogers, same thing. And then I got a offer of Zach Pascal in a 2023 first. I don't even know why the Pascal part was in there because that was not that was not going to sway me to um, make that deal. I do like the idea of a 2023 first, but I mean I would need more than that for a Cam Makers because. He, uh, I was talking to some of uh, the guys at Campus of Canton um, on the group chat, and just we haven't really seen running bats at at least what we think Cam Akers level tear his Achilles like this. So we really don't know, you know, uh, the return rate, you know, the success rate. So that's a big, big thing. And the one that I did contemplate was uh, Cam Akers for Daryl Henderson and Deontay Johnson. So I really like Deontay Johnson, but honestly, Daryl Henderson might just be for this year. So still, I would rather wait for Cam Akers and see um, if if I could get something more for him. Um, I I don't know if it's really going to change, but uh, so what's your kind of thoughts on some of these trades? I think they're all horrible. I think the Deontay Johnson one is the best offer. Uh, um, how old is Darrell Henderson? Do you know? I think he's only a year, or I don't know how old he is, but NFL-wise, he was drafted a year before Cam Akers. Okay, so maybe he's like, wait, no. He's only been in the league for two years? I believe. Okay, I think three years, maybe two years, either way. So he's not that old anyways, hopefully. I think the Deontay Johnson one is the best one. Um, I could I could almost go for that one, maybe. I, I kind of value wide receivers a little bit more in fantasy than running backs, especially Deontay Johnson. We talked about it on the last episode how he scored in the 80th and 90th percentiles 
in Matt Harmon's reception perception against all types of coverage. I believe in him as a wide receiver. I think he's a um, solid, solid addition to a, um, a roster. Did the same guy offer you all those other trade offers? The Noah Gray, the 22 second, Zach Pascal. Is that the same guy offering you all those offers? No, actually, I think the Noah Gray and the Zach Pascal were both in the same league, but different people. Okay. The Rodgers in just a second was in the same league and then in the um, a different league, the Hint- Henderson and Deontay Johnson. So let me say, <laughs> I've been all in on Cam Akers. So, um, you know, I think one was a startup and the other two I traded in the offseason to get Cam Akers. Right. So, um, and then also to talk on this about the, um, the dynasty value, I kind of redid my dynasty rankings today and I'm going to be publishing them in the next couple of days, but I dropped him quite a bit because just, we don't know what's going to happen. So I had him, I think at eight or nine in dynasty and I dropped into, I want to say like 22 or 23, just because I think there's some solid younger running backs and we just don't know how long it's going to take him to come back from this injury. Where would you put him in, in dynasty at the running back position? Uh, currently, you know, with all this um, unforeseen, you know, circumstances with his injury. Oh, like in rankings wise, where would I put him? I, I, I honestly don't know yet where I would put him. I'm really, I'm really adhering to all the medical um, research in all the, on all the publications. There's a lot of great guys in the fantasy community that have released a lot of work saying that these guys come back less explosive. I'm leaning towards that. And I am selling acres right now for a first round pick at least. Um, and nothing less. Um, if, if, if anything less, I'll just, I'll just hold on to him, but I don't really know where I'd put him. Gosh, man. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't put him in rankings yet. I haven't, I haven't sorted him out in rankings, so I can't tell you. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that is very interesting. I think with the with the addition of Stafford, I thought anyway they might pass the ball more. And I think at times, Daryl Henderson last year when Akers was hurt early on and Henderson was getting the carries, he showed that he was explosive and that they trusted him. So, And now that Malcolm Brown's gone, they don't really have that second running back now that they might trust. So they might use him as more of a workhorse. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't think we'll know in preseason either because since Akers is hurt, they're probably not going to play Henderson that much, probably not play Stafford that much or Cup or or a Woods. So it's probably going to be we won't know till the first couple uh, games of the season. So this was definitely a big blow to Cam Akers. Some people were said, you know, his career is over, and I'm not willing to say that. Uh, I just wonder where he will really be and. I, I had this thought too. Say Daryl Henderson has a great year, over a thousand yards, say ten touchdowns. I'm not going. I think Acres is still more talented, but obviously it might be more of a 50-50 split when Acres comes back. What are your thoughts on if something like that happens? Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about running back injuries, especially the starters when the the replacement comes in and performs. There's that narrative that builds up going to the next year. And which, you know, ultimately affects their ADP and their uncertainty. And you get really scared drafting him going into the round. And those those concerns are legitimate concerns. Um, when a running back shows up like that and plays, you know, the coaches notice. They don't want that talent going back, sitting behind the running back on the depth chart. They're going to utilize, I think they're going to utilize, you know, most coaches will utilize both running backs as much as possible. So, yeah, that's a legitimate, legitimate concern. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I do believe as well that the pass attempts will go up for Stafford. 
I think I think I have Stafford like currently. I th- I have him going for at least forty five hundred yards and at least thirty two touchdowns. That can go up a little bit more now. But we also have to think about like run game. Like how does how does the offense now? How efficient is the offense without a run, running back like Cam Akers? We can project Stafford for more passing yards, but how many more scoring opportunities do they have without Cam Akers? He's a legitimate factor. He's very talented running back. When he went down, when we heard about him going down a couple of days ago, I was mourning for like half a day. It was pretty weird. I was like, this is fantasy football. What am I doing? I had this weird sick feeling in my gut. It just was so bad. I was nauseous. But what do you do? Yeah, it was definitely a big hit to a lot of people in the fantasy community. It really was um, – Twitter was a buzzing when it happened. But uh, yeah. you know, we'll have, just have to wait and see what they do. So – this is uh, our next segment is going to be about our favorite rookie handcuffs for 2021 uh, rookie running backs. This was something that you brought up. So um, I'll let you go first. If you want, you can talk about, I think both of us have three running backs, so you can go with your first and then I'll go and we'll go back and forth. Sure. Uh, my first guy, my first rookie running back uh, handcuff I have is Chubba Hubbard on the Carolina Panthers directly behind Christian McCaffrey. I think he's kind of, in the archetype of Christian McCaffrey, he's got great long speed. He's very patient reading the blocks. Um, man, he in 2018, he ran for three, he had 328 attempts for 2064 yards and 21 touchdowns. Uh, having being a workhorse is an acquired skill. You can't, not any running back can be a workhorse. And he proved that in one season, in 13 games, he ran. He had 328 attempts. That is insane for a running back in 13 games. A guy his stature running that many times for 21 touchdowns and 2,094 yards, that is a great, great cheap buy for a rookie running back handcuff. My second guy is Jarrett Patterson, who played three years in college, and he had he ran for at least 1,000 yards each collegiate season. In 2018 and 2019, he, had 13 ga- he played in 13 games. 2018... He had 183 attempts, ran for at least 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns. In 2019, 312 attempts. Again, showing that he can be a, uh, a solid, solid workhorse. 13 games, 19 touchdowns. 2020, he played six games, 141 attempts, and 19 touchdowns in six games. Um, I like him. He's a shifty, shifty running back. I feel like he's got the fundamentals of the running back position down. By the way, he's on the Washington football team behind Antonio Gibson. If Peyton Barber is cut, Jarrett Patterson is a great addition. I think he would be a solid RB2, solid, solid RB2 for your fantasy teams if Antonio Gibson goes down. We know he had the turf toe injury last year. We were talking about it on the last episode. I was telling Brandon, I've never seen a turf toe injury carry over, but who knows what can come up. Just keep that in mind. If you haven't added him, just keep your keep him on the radar. And finally, going back to the backfield that we were just talking about, Jake Funk. I like him a lot out of Maryland, now on the Rams, sitting behind, third on the depth chart behind Xavier Jones. I feel like he's got the talent. He's got – he came in college. He had two uh, ACL tears. He had a wrist injury, derailed him for at least three years. Uh, he had a 4.49 uh, – 4.49 40-yard 40 40-yard 40 dash. He has an 82% burst score per player profiler and a 97th percent agility score. The guy ran for 560 yards in college in 
four, no, in five games. You know, he's another guy who started to get on track his last year in college, but was cut short the coronavirus. Um, a lot of explosiveness. If you look at him in film, you'll like what you see. Go check him out and keep him on your radar. Obviously, his name's more, more popular now with the Cam Akers uh, injury, so he might be getting a little bit more exposure um, uh, given the circumstances. Okay, uh, that sounds good. So I will just add a little bit about uh, Jake Funk. Um, I'm a part of the Dynasty Lounge. It's a kind of a discussion group on Slack that uh, Joe O'Leary kind of runs and kind of started. And there was a lot of debate uh, when Cam Akers got hurt. And uh, there's someone in there uh, with the, the name Crazy Kurt that has a lot of crazy bets. Uh, and I actually had a bet that um, Daryl Henderson will uh, outperform uh, Jake Funk this coming year in fantasy points. Um, I felt so strongly that I gave him – well, I did not give him. He took 10 to 1 odds, and I agreed. So 10 to 1 odds that uh, Jake Funk will have more fantasy points than Daryl Henderson. So that is kind of on the board. So I just wanted to bring that up, how I feel – more strongly about Daryl Henderson. And I just don't think Jake Funk is uh, overly anything special that where he could become a, a starter. So now into my uh, handcuffs. First of all is Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. He went to Kansas first. Uh, he was actually pretty efficient there, but that Kansas offense was so horrible that there just was not enough opportunities. Last year at Virginia Tech, he had uh, 155 carries. Over 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, 10 catches for over 170 yards. Uh, for some reason at Kansas, he did not get the opportunity to get the receptions. Uh, he ended up with the Chicago Bears, which at first I thought wasn't a great spot. But uh, you know, Damian Williams is in there who set out last year, so we don't know if he kind of lost a step. And then Tariq Cohen coming back from an injury. So I could easily see, see Khalil Herbert later in the year or even next year becoming the second running back there. And I think Khalil Herbert would have been drafted higher if he had had more years at Virginia Tech because in a functional offense, he did very well. Um, I think he shows good vision and good speed. Um, I think he can show some power, and I think he could be a very uh, valuable running back in the NFL. And second, uh, even though they always disappoint, me especially, uh, I picked Chris Evans from Michigan. Uh, his first couple years, he was pretty um, productive. He had 600 yards uh, both years, uh, had you know a good amount of catches. His, uh, his junior year, he had less yards but less carries because they had more running back talent. But that was his best year in catching the ball. And then he missed uh, his fourth year with some um, you know off-the-field troubles and then came back last year during uh, covid and the whole team was a mess, so we couldn't really see much there. But uh, we know Joe Mixon deals with the injuries and with the Bengals losing Gio Bernard. He could be their change of pace pack, and then obviously if Joe Mixon goes down, he could take um, the place there. They have, a, they have a Perrine there, and they also have Puka, but I think Evans could make his way into that second spot. And then the last one for me, it's just basically because they don't have that many players at the position. JV and Hawkins out of Louisville, um, he's kind of smaller, but he has good speed. He had 1,500 yards um, in his sophomore year with nine touchdowns. And then last year had uh, 800 yards in a shortened season and did uh, increase his catches to 16. 
I think he could be definitely that second guy in Atlanta because all they really have is Mike Davis. And, you know, he could be a change of the pace guy to kind of get some big plays. And then obviously if Mike Davis gets dinged up, I could, I think he could see more touches. I wouldn't necessarily say the majority, but he could definitely be more involved and kind of be a steal for uh, rookie handcuffs. So um, what do you think about those? Yeah, I actually want to say that I love the Khalil Herbert pick. I was going to put him on my on my uh, on my picks too, but I chose not to for some reason. But I loved him. I loved him coming out of college. Uh, I want to say it's going to be interesting to see what Mike Davis or what uh, Arthur Smith does in Atlanta with Mike Davis because we've known his philosophy with the Tennessee Titans to be hardcore ground and pound, but that was with a very unique running back in Derrick Henry. It's gonna. It'd be interesting to see what his game plan is in Atlanta with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think you can do what you did with. I don't think you can do with Mike Davis what you did with Derrick Henry. That's just. I don't think anybody thinks that you can't run thirty times a game every single time. So they're gonna have to bring on another running back to spell him. Javion Hawkins, much smaller, but. Great pass catching running back could see a lot more playing time given the circumstances. I'm just fascinated with what the Falcons are going to look like in general with Kyle Pitts this year. So I like I like JV on Hawkins on there. Definitely a good pick. No, I agree. And to uh, yeah. kind of piggyback on that about Mike Davis, when I was doing some projections, I looked and I had projected Mike Davis way too many carries. I looked back at at his um, you know previous years. And it was well over like a hundred and some more carries than he's ever had. So I had to, wow. I had to take it down because I was just thinking he's going to be the lead back. They like to run the ball, but then I had to give a bigger percentage to uh, a couple other running backs because I just don't see a running back, you know, this late, in, this much later in their career, jumping up that many carries, you know, especially with a longer season. So I had to adjust that. I'm still working on some of the my projections. I obviously have to go back a little bit to the drawing board with the Rams, you know, to re-figure those out. I'm still trying to figure out some of the teams with uh, the quarterbacks up in the air, like the Patriots and the Saints um, and the 49ers. So I'm still going on with those, but I want to have those out before uh, the before training camp starts. So, you know, but uh, I think we both brought up some good uh, running back hand, handcuffs, sure. rookie-wise. Yeah. I think a lot of them, obviously, were not you know um, high marquee guys, but I think they're solid bats that could definitely um, come in handy if there's some injuries. So uh, you know, I think that was good. So we'll move now on to um, if you didn't listen last week, we are having some would you rather uh, segments, kind of just fun, you know, life type things, not necessarily football. Uh, so the first one. Okay, so would you rather have one dream vacation, you would never get to go on another vacation, so only one, or have a okay, mediocre vacation every year? So I will, I will let Z, I'll let you go first. What would you uh, decide and what would be, what would you consider a mediocre vacation? Yeah. What would you consider a dream vacation? Man, mediocre. Well, what I consider a dream vacation is a surf trip to Fiji for like a month. You know, and just surf and fish and relax and have Mai Tais. That would be be my dream vacation. I don't know what a mediocre one. What would be that? Like a Motel 6 for a week? I don't don't know what's what's a mediocre vacation. Maybe like – God, I don't know, man. I mean – I guess it would be just something maybe close, maybe like a couple-hour drive away. 
Yeah, but, I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. But but it couldn't be anything super nice. So it'd probably just be like you said, stay at a average hotel hotel and do like average things. Nobody. I'm taking the Fiji trip. I'm taking the Fiji trip. That's my dream vacation. Or yeah, something going somewhere beautiful for like I think a month is like a good trip or backpacking in Europe. I think would be great going to Japan during the winter time when there's snow and it's cold and you're drinking cold beers and eating hot ramen. That's those are some of the, it, Oh man, Japan's great. I went there one time. I proposed to my fiance over there. It was a beautiful place. The people are so great. I highly suggest Japan. Um, yeah. So dream vacation. It's going to be hard to get through work for the entire rest of the year. I'm going to be very grouchy and salty towards my coworkers because I'm going to need a vacation so bad. But these memories that you create on a dream vacation are priceless. When, you, when you're on your deathbed, you're going to be a very happy person because you have these beautiful memories from your dream vacation. So I'm, I'm fine with that option. Yeah. So, yeah. So that I think this is difficult in just the fact that you're doing one dream vacation and then you can't, you know, take a vacation. Uh, you know, when I looked it up, it didn't necessarily say how long, but I would, let's just say five years. You still got sick days, man. You still got sick days from work. I know you still have sick days, but you're not going somewhere fun. So right. I think it's not nearly as good. But so on the dream vacation side, uh, me and my wife went on our honeymoon to Mexico, one of those all inclusive resorts. And before right. COVID started, we try to go back once a year to those. Right. So I really like those. But one thing we really talked about doing and that I thought would be really fun is going to Europe, like you said, and just visiting a lot of cities, you know, going to Ireland and Italy and Germany and just travel all over there, kind of like you said, a month, everything. So that would be great. So I think I would pick that because all the mediocre vacations, I've gone on vacations kind of like that, just something to me that would probably be for me since I live in Jacksonville, Florida, be just going to Orlando, you know, an average hotel. And I've I've done so much in Orlando, so I think I would go with that. But I think it, it would be difficult for some people that just like to travel so much. So they would at least like that once a year where they could yeah. travel, where other people, you know, would just take the one big trip. So, sure. so um, yeah, but I think we both agree on that one um, about the dream vacation instead of just going on, you know, just little couple day vacations once a year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, the next one, I hope we have a um, bigger debate and more um, talking about this. So would you rather spend a weekend with pirates or ninjas? Hmm. I'll let you take this one first. You go ahead. Okay, so I was thinking about this. So I guess there's this is mostly from movies I've seen, but it looks like ninjas are serious. They're always in danger. They always have to fight. Um I guess if you look at the Ninja Turtles, they get to have a little bit of fun. Uh, you don't really see ninjas, you know, at the bar or hanging out, anything like that. Uh, it seems like very serious times. You know, there's a lot where they meditate and train and everything. And then we're pirates. You get to be on a ship all the time. Um, although this morally is wrong, they, they get to steal things all the time and just um, they drink lots of rum. They... Yeah get to be on the water. It'd be like you're all, you're on a cruise for the weekend. So, and also in a lot of places they have festivals for pirates, but I've never seen a festival for a ninja. I mean, there might be those somewhere, but they have big, you know, 
things where people dress up and they party and everything. So I would go with the Pirates for the weekend. So I think they would have the more fun. Um, I think the dressing would be more fun. You get to drink more, um, have more, as I keep on saying, have more fun. Whereas the Ninjas, I feel, first of all, if you're just with Ninjas for a weekend, you wouldn't be well-trained to fight. So I don't even know what you would do. You'd probably be in more danger. And um, like like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they had to sleep in the sewer. So I don't know, you know, if I would have to do that. So that I, know, I, I don't think that. I think all ninjas sleep in sewers. Those are turtles. They're not all ninjas are sleeping in turtles. Dude, I think if you I think if you spend a weekend with a pirate with pirates, you have just as of a good chance dying than you do with ninjas. Pirates kill each other all the time for nothing, for for shoes and like a necklace. They're always drunk. Do you want to be walking around with a bunch of drunk guys who have no code of honor with loaded weapons and swords? No, I wouldn't want to be around that. I don't think my insurance policy holder want me around those guys or my life insurance policy. I'd rather be with ninjas. I always dress as a ninja when I was a kid. Always. I always I've always had a fascination with samurais and ninjas. I think it would be cool just to like throw some ninja stars, meditate, have some like it's just that discipline for just for a weekend. I think would be I think would be very cool. I could act like a pirate on my dream vacation. You know, I could I could just be drinking like a pirate on my dream vacation. I I'm a pirate every weekend. I'm a pirate at I'm a pirate at wedding receptions. I'm a pirate at baby showers. I'm a pirate anywhere I am. I'll drink like a pirate. You know, like I'm I'm okay with that. I'm a pirate at heart. But dude, being a ninja would be so cool. Like I would love to hold a ninja sword, throw some ninja stars, throw a smoke bomb, ninja vanish. Are you telling me you never wanted wanted to do a Ninja Vanish from Ninja Turtles? Boom, puff of smoke and you're gone. That is true. But then, uh, you know, you bring up Ninja Turtle stuff, but then you scoffed at me saying I'd have to sleep in a sewer. So you're if not I have sleeping to do one part about Ninja Turtles, I have to do everything like the Ninja Turtles. We're not sleeping. So we're doing Ninja Turtles then. Okay, fine. Ninja Turtles get to eat pizza. So that's a good thing. They, they do. I do. I do. They do, and they get to. I guess I would get trained by Master Splinter. So, um, you know, that that would be. Uh, I guess my main point would be are we talking about the Ninja Turtles from the movie or the cartoon? Because they're well, two I, very different. Uh, I don't even know. Kind of I didn't even know we were talking about Ninja Turtles. I thought we were just talking about traditional ninjas from Japan from like feudal days. Yeah, I guess. I guess we should go with that. Uh, so, what are we talking about? Pirates back in England, or where, where are we talking about the pirates? I'm talking about. Are you talking about pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like those pirates. Okay. Well, what kind of what kind of pirates are you talking about? Well, that was what I was talking about. I'm, so, ta I'm talking about pirates of the Caribbean. So yeah, they they were in no danger of dying. Well, I guess some did die, but have you seen Hook? They kill each other willy nilly. I'm not going. Pretty... I'm not going to the boo box. The boo box is terrifying. Okay, fair enough. I will. Okay. I like, respect if we were scoring team. like if we were scoring like around the horn, I would give you the points right here. No, 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 no. We're, we'll split. It. I respect your opinion. We respect my opinion. <laughs> I want you to be happy, and I, I want everybody to be happy. So, since we'll be doing um, live streams now, so I think going into the week, we'll um, post on Twitter the the questions so people can kind of respond beforehand. Sure. And then yeah. we can read some of those on the show. So now we'll go into some more of the football topics. Um, with Aaron Rodgers' situation still in the air, um, there have been reports he's going to show up for training camp, but they think he's going to be traded. 
So I just wanted to kind of talk about this. First of all, what should the Packers trade him? And if they do trade him, where would be the best place, let's say fantasy-wise, for Aaron to end up? And what are some of those trade possibilities? What would be some of those um, trade options? What would the Packers get? And, you know, would anything be traded along with Aaron Rodgers? First of all, I'll start. I think right now, if they don't feel like they can fix the Aaron Rodgers situation, they should trade him. Because I've heard reports, too, that Devontae Adams said that he'll play this year. And then when he's up in contract, he might, you know, whatever happens. I've heard Derek Carr has been talking to him. So if they trade Rodgers and get some sort of quarterback back or some talent, that might persuade Devontae Adams to stay. But if they don't, then they're losing Devontae Adams, losing Aaron Rodgers. So I think they should make that deal. Um, I think obviously one of the spots is the Broncos. So the Broncos could probably give some picks, uh, obviously either Locke or Bridgewater, um, maybe one of the receivers or someone on the defense. And then that the Broncos are just, you know, waiting on that quarterback. So I think that's one of the big ones. Um, so what are some uh, places and what do you think the, the Packers should do? I mean, I don't know too much about the contract specifics. I think that P- Rogers kind of intentionally did this because man, the Packers are in a bind with their contract situation. I think they're taking dead money regardless of what happens. I think they're taking at least like $27 million in dead cap space or something like that. Um, but you know, regardless, regardless of the specifics, just trade him, man, just trade him and get some picks. He it's obviously gone so far. He doesn't want to play with you. This is like the way I see it. I'm a simple man. Like if he doesn't want to play with you, get some picks I understand the Packers obviously don't feel confident in Jordan Love. They brought in Blake Bortles. You know, we haven't seen Jordan Love play. He's one of the guys I'll be watching this offseason closely to, you know, you know, watch film on him, analyze him. Where would I want him? Where where would I want Aaron to end up? Anywhere that's good for my fantasy players. You know, maybe, maybe he maybe he sits out this year. I don't know what Roethlisberger's contract situation again. So this is all hypotheticals. I don't, I don't know anybody's contract situation, but maybe Roethlisberger gets injured this year. Right. And then he's done for the league. He's like, I'm done. I'm calling it quits. I'm hanging him up. Aaron Rodgers is like, hello. Hi Steelers. You know, can I come play with you guys? Maybe Daniel Jones sucks this year and they're just sick of Daniel Jones. Goes and plays with the giants. Maybe. Fantasy. Maybe he sucks. I think it's, I think it's given Daniel Jones. I, I, I think, I think, he, I think Daniel Jones sucks. I think it's, I think Daniels, he's a dumb, dumb. I don't like him. Um, so yeah. So dude, there's, there's scenarios. I think I thought Rogers. Okay. So trade possibilities. Where do I think? Yeah. Just the thing, just the places we brought up. Um, there's so many teams that would Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Is he playing? What's, what's his deal? The Texans trade whatever picks they don't have left for Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think they have any assets yet. What other teams are there? Uh, Tua Tagovailoa could be awful in Miami this year. They can cut their losses, trade for Rodgers. There's so many places he can go. Um, I don't see why he just doesn't sit up the year. It could be, it could be either way. He or what he could be doing is stalling to the last possible minute and letting other teams know, look, I'm done with the Packers after this year. I'll play for you guys, but I'm done. Clear cap space because I might be coming to any one of your teams next year. So yeah, it's it's an avenue with it's 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 
a timeline with many forks in the road. It's like Loki, right? The show Loki, all the different timeline forks. It's kind of like that. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Do you recommend me watching it? Yeah, sure. If you like Marvel, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I just watched Black Widow this past weekend. Have you? Oh, seen okay. That yeah, that felt like I was watching Cotton Candy with crack in it. Well, that was insane. It, it, like, it was. It was. I, 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 I'm not – that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing to say. But, like, it's like Avengers, I've – that's just – it's just too much, man. I liked Avengers before, but I think I've grown out of it. It's just too much, like, explosions and, like, backflips. I liked her sister, though, who was making fun of her for always doing the poses, like, when she comes down – and her sister was always like, why do you always do the hair whip and like do the stance? Like, who does that? What normal person does that? I like how they did that. That was kind of funny how they touched on that. It's fun. It's it's Avengers. It's fun. Have fun. I'm taking myself too seriously, probably. So yeah, it was cool. Whatever. Yeah, it was it was um I heard before that you know it wasn't the worst Marvel movie, it wasn't the best, which I agree. No. It's somewhere in the yeah. middle. Um, it yeah. did bring a lot of humor in, and I think it was good. It kind of filled in that bat story of Black Widow, like what it was all about, because a lot of people don't really know that part. So, um, yeah, so we kind of got off topic there, but we'll, we'll, we will revisit Marvel we later. We um, I, I love a lot of the Marvel movies. So yeah. we're going to finish the show with our three hot takes for the 2021 NFL season. Um, and as this says, we're making it super spicy. So, let me uh, let you go first. We'll do one at a time. So you do give your first one, and then um, I'll, I'll go from there. Okay, sounds good. Uh, my first one is Jacob Harris. Jacob Harris, the rookie tight end for the Los Angeles Rams, finishes third in receptions. No, third in yards this year in the Los Angeles Rams. That's yes, third above Deshaun Jackson, above Van Jefferson, above Gerald Everett, and above Tutu Atwell. Man, if you guys don't know about Jacob Harris, this guy is a freak of nature, man. This guy plays as a tight end but can burn so many cornerbacks. You can do so many things with this guy. I could see Sean McVay doing so many things with this guy. I'm so excited. I feel like he's a better prospect than Gerald Everett, and Gerald Everett is a great prospect, but Jacob Harris is a deep ball specialist. Like I said before, Rams were awful with their deep game. Without their deep game, they cannot, they can't perform to their highest standard, right? The Rams are out for blood. In college, in college, dude, in college, Jacob Harris had 49 receptions for 949 receptions for nearly 1,000 yards. He had 987 yards and nine touchdowns. He had 21, 20.1 yards per catch. His average depth of target last season was 16.6 yards down per catch downfield which would have ranked third in the NFL last season. The guy, I it's it's a bold prediction, but really, how bold is that? How bold is that? Tyler Higby's not a deep player. He's a he's a, you know middle of the field guy, and I'm not really high on Tyler Tyler Higby this year. Deshaun Jackson always gets injured. Tutu Atwell's tiny little tiny, Tutu Atwell. This is Tutu Atwell. He's my chapstick. This is Tutu Atwell right here. That's what he's, he is, dude. And Van Jefferson, I like Van Jefferson. We have yet to see what he is, but Jacob Harris. They're going to do so many fun things with Jacob Harris. I'm so excited to watch what they do. That's my first guy. All right. So uh, I know the Jacob Harris hype machine has already kind of started, but that definitely is a hot take uh, that, you know, he would just be behind uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So for my first one, it is 
Um, a lot of people have been saying, you know, a lot, there's too much rookie f fever and, you know, the rookies don't do as well. But, but uh, I am saying that four rookie wide receivers will finish in the top 25 in PPR scoring in 2021. Those four are um, Jamar Chase, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, and Rashad Bateman. Mm -hmm. um, it does seem a little crazy, but I believe there was either four or five that finished in the top 30 last year from the rookie class. And I know most would say the rookie class last year was better, but I still think they will be able to do that this year. Chase, uh, I think with the Bengals, they'll be throwing the ball a lot. Um, Elijah Moore, I'm very big on him, and I think they're going to use him a lot in the short game, a lot like they did in San Francisco with uh, Debo Samuel, a lot of you know one- or two-yard passes, getting him out in space. And uh, obviously they have not uh, been thrilled with uh, Denzel Mims yet, and they have a, you know Corey Davis, but I just think Elijah Moore will get a lot of uh, targets. Jalen Waddle, I think uh, they got him, you know, to pair with Tua to kind of get that offense going. And then Rashad Bateman with the Ravens, I think he is going to take over as the uh, main uh, receiving weapon. Uh, he does a lot of things in the middle of the field that where Lamar really um, excels. So that is my uh, take for the, for um, my first hot take. So what is your second hot take? That Joe Mixon will finish as the RB1 in fantasy football this year. You can at me. I'm at ZCantsFF. Bring it. I don't care. Bring it. Joe Mixon has an avenue to do that. Okay, look. So if you look at a pie chart, right? If you look at a pie chart and you look at the odds, the percentages of things happening, you can't say, you cannot say with Giovanni Bernard gone and Samaj P. Ryan behind him that it's, and you know, you Chris Evans is on the, he's on the Bengals, right? Right? Yeah, I like Chris Evans, but. Dude, Giovanni, I mean, Joe Mixon is such a superior running back to any of those guys. Zach Taylor better not be a twerp and take Joe Mixon off the field on third downs anymore. That guy is driving me crazy, dude. It's just squander talent. But yeah, okay, so Joe Mixon, there is an avenue of talent on that pie chart of possibilities for beat to go 1,000 yards rushing at least, 1,000 yards receiving. There is an avenue. There are some ifs. There are some ifs. Does a, does a wide receiver get injured? Do they rely more, more on Joe Mixon? They don't really use the tight ends much. Joe Mixon could be the intermediate threat along with Tyler Boyd. Maybe Zach Taylor woke up and re realized how much of a dangerous we weapon Joe Mixon is, but it's not that far-fetched. Joe Mixon can easily go, not easily, but he can go 1,000 for 1,000. That would be amazing to see. That's my second hot take. Book it. So Joe Mixon really burnt me last year. Uh, I'm me too. Not to, I'm not trying to hold that against him. I just uh, – that's super spicy. That's super uh, spicy. But I, I think he could do well. But obviously a lot of people are worried, first of all, about, you know, Zach Taylor and how he runs that offense and the health of Joe Mixon. So my second hot take is that Terry McLaurin for the Washington football team will finish as a top five wide receiver – I, uh, you know, mostly because Terry has done all of his work with horrible quarterbacks, uh, a lot like Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, the there is talk that Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't been doing great in camp, but I think he will be the quarterback, and he throws a ton out to the number one wide receiver. Um, Terry still did great last year with uh, check down out Smith. I think Fitzy will will throw the ball all over the place, 
and McLaurin will just show, you know, how great a receiver he is. And this is definitely spicy because I have him over players like uh, Tyreek, and um, I believe I even have him over AJ Brown with this with the trade of Julio Jones, which I love both of those players. But I just think Terry is just going to dominate the the targets in Washington, and I think he's by far the best receiver there. And that defense is so good that. You know, they should have the ball, a lot of possessions, and um, be able to just just target him in the red zone. So that's my second hot take. What is your third hot take? Before I get to, before I get to my third, I want to ask you a question about Terry McLaurin. Have you already ranked him in your top five for the year? Yes, he is. You, ha- you have ranked him in your top. And have you projected him? I actually ranked him in my uh, top five based on the projections. Yeah, right now he's, he's projected as the fourth wide receiver. So what do you, what do you have him at for the year? For how many receptions? You know what do you have him at for the? Uh, year? I'd have to look that look that up. We'll we'll come back to that next week. Can you, can you check it out while I'm, while I'm saying mine? I want to know. I really want to know. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. No pressure. No, but if if you can't do it, no worries. I I'm just I'm fascinated. Um, okay. My my third and final hot take is that Paris Campbell will finish the year as the wide receiver one in Indianapolis because he's obviously the best wide receiver on that team, man. He's the best wide receiver on the team. He's had dumb luck with injuries. Michael Pittman has got his opportunities in space. He hasn't really faced tough coverage. T.Y. Hilton is a great wide receiver, but you know he's he's fading. He's fading fast. That's why I say he'll, T.Y. Hilton will probably start the year strong, but I think he'll fade down the stretch. He's prone to injuries. Paris Campbell, yeah, he's prone to injuries, but man, this guy is the most dynamic receiver on that team. He's the best wide receiver on that team. I think he's got a strong shot if he stays healthy to be the most productive fantasy receiver on that team. So I think he will produce as a wide receiver one on that team by year's end for the Indianapolis Colts. Go get Paris Campbell. I like that. I like that take. It is spicy because he has been so injured. And uh, mm. that first game last year, he had seven or eight targets. But I actually I like Paris, but I like Michael Pittman better. I think near the end of the season when he became healthy, you saw a lot more from him. So I'm banking on him, but I know a lot of people don't think he's great. But for both of those players, I think it's good that the Colts didn't go out and get any more receivers. They still yeah. have everyone there, you know, that they had before. Um, didn't really get anyone new. So I looked up Terry's uh, projected stats by myself. So this is what I have. Targets-wise, I have him getting 148 targets, 97 receptions, 1,500 yards, and 10 receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I could see that be top. That could probably be top five. Yeah. So, like I said, I still need I mean, to do I, a few teams. But what do you have? Do you know his yards per reception? Have you broken that part down yet? Yes. Hold on just a second. Yards per, love- per reception is uh, 15 and a half. Yards per reception, so he's getting 50. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? So I love, um, I love Terry. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that down. And, and and you know, objectively, non-biased, I could see that happening. I can see it happening. Fitzpatrick can go nuts. My only worry is that you know Fitz magic always seems to turn into Fitz tragic when uh you know we think he's gonna get things going. So sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my last hot take is that obviously I am very high on Kyle Pitts, like everyone else. I think he's going to be great. 
Um, and as at least as of now, they're going to still give him that tight end designation unless, you know, something changes. So my hot take is that both uh, Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst both finish as top 10 tight ends this coming year. <laughs> I think they're going to use both a lot in, in the offense. Um, Arthur Smith did that a lot in Tennessee. That's why Furcher was kind of getting some steam after John who left. And I think Pitts will be lined up outside too. So that means Hurst will stay in the game a lot. And I just think that with Mike Davis is their only running back, that defense is still going to be bad. They're going to need to throw that. Calvin really can't catch everything. I think Russell Gage is a little above average. So I don't believe he's going to be anything more than a third receiver. And I think in the red zone, um, Matt Ryan can look for Pitts and Hayden Hurst. Um, because he, he just uh, is definitely not mobile and he kind of freaks out a little bit more, you know, under pressure. Yeah. Uh, so I could see both of them uh, being in the, in the top 10. Uh, I feel the least confident in this third hot take, but um, I think both of them could be very good this year. I'm not very high on Hurst after this year. So in Dynasty, I have him much lower, but uh, so that's my third hot take. Well, when going into the draft, people are always putting out like surveys um, going to the NFL draft. People are saying who's the second best or third best uh, wide receiver in the uh, in the draft right now. And I would, I would always respond saying Kyle Pitts is that receiver. So I could see Smith putting – let's just hope. We, we like to dream and fantasize about these players being used in crazy scenarios. Like I'm saying Jacob Harris will be split out wide, and I think he will. I think Sean McVay is smart enough. He's a young, creative talent. But let's hope Arthur Smith has that same talented – not talented, but creative, imaginative mind to utilize players in different ways. We'll see. If so, Hurst could maintain that tight end one position and stay in line and you know play that seam stretcher role that most traditional tight ends play. So sure, why not? Get crazy. Okay, so we'll definitely uh, try to save these takes and see uh, how it goes during the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure uh, some of those are going to be wrong, but it's still early, so. Um, we could obviously add more hot takes later, uh, you know, closer to this season. And like this week, we're going to keep on doing these live streams and then we'll release the uh, the audio version um, probably a day or two later. Um, so so thank you for tuning in to What the Fantasy, Episode 2. I am Brandon Hay at HayB3. And I am Zada Kansabedian at ZKansFF. Thanks for uh, tuning in and you guys have a great week.